What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Wade's World. And I'm actually going to do two episodes today, but the first one I'm going to do is just going to be a little preview for the NBA season, which starts tonight. I was going to do it last night, but I decided to hold off just in case there was any last second news, and there actually was. Um, And I'll talk about that when I get to the team. Um, I'm basically just going to give what I think the top eight seedings in the East and the West will be, who I think will be the MVP, uh, will be the Western Conference Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals, and then the Finals. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I'm going to do. So I'm going to try to make it relatively quick. Um, but yeah, we'll go ahead and jump right in, starting with the West. And I think the Nuggets will win the West. Um, they'll get the first seed. And I say that because I feel like they're the most, um, they, they have the most chemistry, the most put together team, um, of all of the top teams because they, they didn't go crazy and add a bunch of new pieces. And obviously that was what the NBA offseason consisted of this year was it was like the most movement in NBA history, the most money thrown around the, the most, uh, team, the most players changing teams, um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of things changed, but the Nuggets stayed fairly the same, and I think that'll help them in terms of just having the best record. Doesn't mean I think they're going to go to the finals, but I do think they will win the West, especially since they don't really have guys that take a lot of games off for load management or just rest days or are injury prone. So I think they'll win the West. Uh, I think the Clippers will win the well, get the second seed because I think that they are the best team. Um, it's just a matter of integrating Kawhi and Paul George and kind of seeing how that all works. I think the the best defensive team easily uh, when you have Kawhi, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, it's, it's just a really good defensive unit, but you have to have Paul George come back from his shoulder surgery, and then you have to have them learn how to play together. And so I think that they'll... You know, they'll drop back a little bit because of that, but I think just as much heart as they showed even without Paul George and Kawhi that they'll they'll do enough to get the two seed, but they won't do enough to get the one seed, especially because Kawhi will for sure be taking probably 10 to 15 games off this year. Um, so yeah, I have them as my two seed. Uh, at the three seed, I have the Jazz. And this is similar because they didn't change a whole lot. They just added Conley, really, and lost favors. But Conley is a really good defender, and I think finally in a position where he can do something again because he's you know been playing meaningless basketball in Memphis for the past couple of years. But I think that he, with him alongside Donovan Mitchell, it frees up Donovan Mitchell as well to do a little bit more scoring and doesn't have to do as much ball handling because, I mean, Ricky Rubio, is an, he's a solid point guard, but Ricky Rubio doesn't have the offensive talent that, um, that Conley has, nor does he have the defensive talent. Um, he's just more of a facilitator where Conley can take over and create his own shots. And I do think uh, Gobert will be in the conversation for Depoy again, uh, just 
I mean, he's one of the best defenders in the league, and that's going to be a good defensive team overall. I don't think it'll be the best because the Clippers exist, and so do the 76ers. Um, in the four seed, I have the Lakers, and I have them as the four. I think they're the second best team in the West, but it's another case of a lot of moving parts, so they're going to have to adjust on how to play with each other. Anthony Davis, I think, has only played more than 66 games in his career once. I think it is, or no, that that's not right. Uh, 72 games more than once in his entire career. So he misses a lot of games. LeBron is getting older and he's going to need games to rest. So they're just naturally going to drop games here and there. Um, Kuzma's already out for the first game of the season, which is against the Clippers. And, you know, it's just going to be... It's just how LeBron teams are when they first form. They take a little while to get off the ground. And, yes, he was with the Lakers last year, but they added... There there was a lot of moving parts this year, so it's basically like he wasn't on the Lakers last year because this is an entirely new Lakers team. And his teams traditionally, when he goes to a new place, start out through 20 games about 500. And when you start out like that in the West, it's kind of harder to come out, which, granted... This is an entirely new NBA. So much is different. Maybe the West won't be as top-heavy as in previous years, and who knows. But, uh, yeah. So, in the fifth seed, I have the Blazers, and I think mostly because they're still a fairly similar core. Um, I have them at five, but they they just I don't think they have enough to push them into that top four. Um, I still really do think they should try to trade for a guy like Kevin Love. Um, trade Whiteside around the trade deadline for Kevin Love. That way you get a big who can stretch the floor. And that's really just something they've always been missing. And I think that might be the piece they are missing. But you're going to have uh, contributions from rookies and guys who are not rookies, but, you know, fresh early in the league and haven't really played a whole lot like Anthony Simons, uh, he should be getting a decent amount of playing time. And then also uh, Nasir, Nasir Little um, out of North Carolina is probably going to get quite a bit of that uh, small forward run as well. So I think they're going to take a step back to the, to the five seed. Um, coming off that conference title, uh, conference title matchup with the Warriors where they led more than they trailed and still got swept. Um, I think that might have closed that window of opportunity until they add another piece. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Blazers-Lakers, if that is how that plays out, I think that would be a good series. But the Lakers, I think, would definitely win it in probably five or six. Um, And then next, at the sixth seed, I have the Rockets. Uh... They are also, I mean, they still have Harden, Tucker, Gordon, Capella, which was their, you know, a big part of their success. But now you add Russell Westbrook in, which Russell Westbrook is a good player and in some ways is an upgrade from CP3, but he's also a downgrade from CP3 when it comes to defense and shooting, and that's a lot of what the Rockets predicate their offense on is shooting. Um, so I'm just, they're at the six and not higher because I really don't understand how the pairing of Harden and Russ is supposed to work. Uh, but they are 
at the six and not lower because that's just too talented of a group of players to not make the playoffs. Um, but I just, I just don't understand what they're going to do. Um, I don't know if they're going to run a little less iso ball and spread for Harden because, I mean, really everything runs through him. And I don't know how well Westbrook's going to be acclimated to playing off the ball because he didn't even want to play off the ball when he had Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant is a much better complete player than James Harden ever has been or ever will be. But Westbrook was unable to, you know, put himself second to KD. So why would he put himself second to a lesser player in James Harden? I mean, yeah, James Harden has the stats and Westbrook loves stats. So, I mean, it's a it's a good place to play if you want stats. But I just don't see from a basketball fit how it works. But that's, that's why Mike D'Antonio gets paid a lot of money to make it work. Uh, he's a professional coach. He should be able to figure it out. So, I don't know. And then this is where I'm going to change a little bit from what I wrote down last night to based on the news today. Last night I had the Warriors at the 7th seed, but after seeing the report that Clay might miss the entire season, was expected to miss the entire season because originally um, I was under the impression he'd be back around January. Uh, I thought that would be plenty of time for them to make a late push and get that 7th seed. Now, I'm still going to keep them in the playoffs. I'm just going to bump them to eight. But there are three teams I left out of the playoffs that I think definitely could be playoff bound. Um, And I'm not going to throw them in. I'll just tell you who they are. But I'm going to bump the Warriors down to seven or down to eight because I I still do think they'll make it with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and D'Angelo Russell. And, I mean, Steve Kerr's a good coach, so I think they'll figure it out. It's just going to be a big-time struggle without Clay because that's your best defender on the wing, and they're very weak uh, defensively on the wing right now. So, you know, I think it's going to be a challenge for them. But instead, they're going to be the 8 seed, and the Mavs are going to be the 7. Um, and that's going to rely heavily on Porzingis' health. I mean, he looks like he's bulked up a lot more. He should be healthy by now. Uh, Luca, from what I've heard, is going to p- be more of a point guard now. Um, which, I mean, technically he was a shooting guard last year, but they ran him at the point a lot. But I heard this year they're going to be playing him as a point guard, uh, like just intentionally, not not a not just a you know a shooting guard who brings up the ball. Like he is going to be the designated point guard. Um, and I just think that they have they have a good – I mean, that's a really dynamic duo between Porzingis and Luka. And then uh, you have guys like Dwight Powell um, who just athletic big men who, who can get it done. So that's going to be my top eight. And then I also think that the Spurs, strictly because they have Popovich and he always finds a way – that they'll be in the hunt. I I just don't think they're talented enough. Uh, DeRozan and Aldridge, I like both of them as players, but they're both very, very mid-range oriented in a three-point league, and it, it's tough. It's, it's tough to teach them to step back to the three. Um, Deontay Murray coming back could help, but I just, I don't know. They... <laughs> 
they've made the playoffs ever since really not since I've been alive, but you know, since I've been old enough to watch basketball, so it's tough to predict them missing the playoffs, but as of right now, I do have them missing the playoffs. But if the Warriors really, really slip, I do see them being the first team to slip in. Um, I also have the Kings as just on, just barely on the outside looking in. Um, and that's just because they have a really, really young core. I mean, Buddy Heald's not that young, um, considering he was a four-year player at Oklahoma. But he just got paid. Uh, De'Aaron Fox just came off of a most improved player campaign where he, he didn't win it, but he was in the mix. So, you know, he, he's on the upswing as well still. And then Marvin Bagley's really good. Um, I, I, I just think that they don't quite have enough to get them there in a loaded West. I think in the East they'd obviously easily make it, but um, I just don't think they're going to make it this year. It's, they're, they're right there. They're just not quite there. Um, and then also the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans... This is aside from Zion. I think they have a really good roster. Um, I still really like Lonzo. Brandon Ingram still getting better. J.J. Reddick's never missed the playoffs in his life. Um, so that's another bummer to have to have him out. Uh, Derek Favors is good. Um, and then when you do get Zion back, I mean, six to eight weeks with a torn meniscus, I I honestly don't see his career panning out the way it's supposed to. I just see him plagued with injuries his entire career. Maybe he'll make an all-star game eventually, but I just don't see him. If I was a GM and I had the number one pick in the draft, I wouldn't have picked him. I would have traded it to someone who really wanted him because of all the hype, traded back to two, taking Ja Morant, which granted this is if I'm the Bulls GM because we needed a point guard. But I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have taken Zion as number one because I think John Morant will be a better pro than him because Zion is one he's kind of undersized if he's gonna be a big man he he, he with the official measurement I think they listed him at six six um, so he's very undersized for that but he's also a big guy um, in terms of like weight and size and bulk. Uh, and it's just, he's very explosive. It's a lot of stress on his joints. And I just, there's just too many injury concerns for me to have wanted him, really. Uh, I mean, if if the injuries aren't a problem, then I think he'll be really good. I just don't see it panning out to where they aren't a problem. So I'm leaving them out because I don't think Zion plays all that much this year because he's already missing the first six to eight weeks. And it's a meniscus, and I have PTSD from watching players with knee injuries. So that's going to be my top eight in the West. And then in the East, um, I have the 76ers getting the one seed, uh, and that's just because I think that they're a more complete team um, than anyone in the East. Uh, they, I think that they're probably the second-best defensive team with Embiid, great defender, Simmons, great defender. Al Horford, great defender. Richardson, pretty good defender. Um, Tobias Harris, I mean, he he holds his own. He's not great, but they're a huge starting five, if that is the starting five they roll out. I'm assuming it is. Uh, their biggest problem would be bench depth. Uh, they, they don't really have a lot of it. But their starting five is arguably the best starting five in the league. Um, so I just... 
I just see them winning the East, but it'll be close. Um, I have the Bucks as the two seed. Uh, losing Brogdon to the Pacers is really going to hurt them, I think. Uh, and Giannis, it, it's going to depend on if Giannis take, takes another step forward. If he can create his own jump shot, then maybe they do take the first seed. But I, I just don't think that what they have now is better than the Sixers. Um, but Giannis, if he can get to the point where he's creating his own jump shot, because that's what hurt them in the playoffs was that, yeah, he could get down low, but once you swarm the paint, which is exactly what the 76ers can do, considering how big they are, um, it's going to be difficult for him to score if he can't pull up and hit a jumper. Um, he he can hit some jumpers, but it's usually if they back off or if he catches it in rhythm. He needs to be able to shoot off the dribble better. Uh, so I have them as the two seed. And then at the three seed, I have the Celtics. Um, this was up in the air for me between the Celtics and the Pacers. And I only put the Celtics because Oladipo is going to miss the first like half of the season, roughly. Um, maybe not quite half, but... Uh, he's going to be out for a decent amount of time. So the Celtics, uh, I, I think that they'll go back to more of a team-oriented style, and Kemba, I think, is more more willing to do that than Kyrie. That's not me putting anything against Kyrie. I just, Kyrie's game, he needs the ball. Like It's not like a selfish way. It's just that in order for him to be his most effective, he needs the ball, and I think Kemba will do a little bit better off the ball, um, and when guys get paid a lot of money, um, I'm talking about Jalen Brown now, uh, one of two things happen. One, they step up and prove it, or two, they completely shut down and don't care about basketball anymore at all, and that's what Andrew Wiggins does. But Jalen Brown, I think he'll step up, maybe, because he's getting a lot of doubt on why he got that much money. Personally, I think he's overpaid. I, I think that's way too much money for a guy like Jalen Brown. Uh, it was like four years, $110 million, I think it was. But, yeah, that's way too much money for him. Um, but I think that that team as a whole, they'll, they'll just play good team basketball. They'll be good on defense. And, you know, they'll, they'll sneak their way into the third seed. But I do think the Pacers are a better team, um, just top to bottom, with Sabonis and Turner anchoring in the back and then, You'll have Brogdon and Oladipo once he comes back up front, and it's it's just a matter of Oladipo missing time. Um, Nate McMillan did a great job coaching the team last year without him, but I think when he comes back and is full strength, uh, they'll heat up. So I think they'll probably sit around the five or six seed, and then when he gets back, they'll jump up to four. Um and figure it out. But if if he was there the whole season, I think they'd be a top three team in the East for sure. Uh, number five, I have the Heat. Um, I, I just think that Jimmy Butler is literally like the quintessential Heat player where he's just a grinded-out, defensive, hard-nosed, um, just a dog of a player, just, you know, puts his nose to the grindstone and works and – just works, 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 and until he can't anymore. Um, 
And I think that's what the Heat need. I think Justice Winslow, you know, he's a good young player developing still. Um, I don't know if they're going to run him as point justice or not. But, you know, there, there's a possibility that he does. Uh, Tyler Hero, I mean, he he's similar in play style to Clay Thompson. And he might, uh, you know, he he might get some good minutes uh, right out right out of the gate just because of his shooting, which I think is something that the Heat need. I think Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk are both solid bigs. Neither one of them, I think, is necessarily like a guy who's going to start on the majority of teams. But they're, you know, you split the minutes in half between the two of them, and I think you have. A pretty solid big big guy just between the two of them. They they're both they're both big seven footers that can shoot, and that's what you need. Um, so yeah, I think they'll they'll end up at the five seed, and I think the Nets will get the sixth. And that's just because they did have to sacrifice a little bit in order to bring KD and Kyrie in, and obviously KD's out for the year, so it's basically Kyrie's team. But you have guys like Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert still there. Um, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan down in the post. So, you know, a solid team, but I don't think anything that's necessarily going to be scary. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's really all I have to say about them. I think they're the sixth seed. Um, I, I do think the Raptors will still make the playoffs, and they'll be the seventh seed. Um, originally I had them and the Nets flip-flopped, but I, I think they'll end up at the seven. Um, you know, Pascal Siakam, he just got his extension, and he's coming off the most improved player. I don't see why he would take a step back. I don't think he's one of those guys that, you know, got paid and then is going to take a step back because I'm pretty sure his – I don't remember his contract specifics entirely, but I'm pretty sure it's less than Jalen Browns. And he is the the best player on that team now. Uh, Kyle Lowry's still there. He's he's still a solid player. But uh, I think it is mostly going to go through Siakam and then you you have – you have Ibaka and Gasol still and Fred Van Fleet. And, you know, it's just a solid team, and the East isn't that good. So I think they'll get the seven seed. Um, and then the eight seed, kind of hope, but also I do believe it as well. Um, I think it'll be the Bulls. Uh, it could also be the Pistons, but I, um, I do think it'll be the Bulls. Uh, just because Lowry Markinen should be making the next big step for him. Um, he's gotten bigger, similar to the way Porzingis has. Um, you know, I think I think that the Bulls have a lot more depth now um, with guys like Sadoransky, which I think is going to be starting, which allows Dunn, who's a really good defensive point guard and doesn't get enough credit for that, and also a good passer. I think him running the second unis, unit with a guy like Thaddeus Young, who who can kind of play like three through five-ish and is just good, hard-nosed veteran, I think is really going to help that team. I think Zach Levine, um, he's not going to be an all-star or anything, but I, I do think he'll average you know 20 points a game, and so will Laurie. And if Wendell Carter can stay healthy, you know he's a really good rim protector, and that's something that I would say teams need is a rim protector. If he could shoot, it'd be a bonus, but he can't, so... Um, I do think the Pistons will be in the mix too, though, with DeAndre Drummond and Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, but I just don't think it's going to be quite enough. You know, I'm also a Bulls fan, though, so it's it's a little bit of me hoping that the Bulls finally make the playoffs again. 
Um, either way, I think it's a slaughter when either the Bulls or the Pistons play the Sixers. Um, and that's really, I, I don't really see the Knicks in the mix. Like, they might be kind of close, but I, I don't think them being any serious contenders. Um, the Wizards are going to be bad unless Bradley Beal it just has the greatest season of all time. Um, the, the Hornets are going to be the worst team in basketball. I don't think that's a stretch. I don't have a, I don't have a second thought to that. Actually, they, they are the worst team in basketball because at least the Suns have Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. Um, the, the, the Hornets have Terry Rozier at a very grossly overpriced contract. So yeah, that's going to be uh, all the teams I think make the playoffs. Uh, my MVP, I'm just going to do MVP. I'm not going to depoy and most improved and coach of the year and all that. I'm just doing MVP. My MVP is Embiid, which I haven't even seen him in like the top five odds or anything like that. I don't know what his MVP odds are, but I'm going to have him as an MVP for a couple of reasons. One, now I'm not saying it, it's it's going to depend a lot on Ben Simmons, which is weird to think about, but if Ben Simmons just shows the ability to shoot the ball, shoot, I'm not even saying shoot threes, shoot the ball from mid, you can shoot mid-range long twos and threes, you shoot five jump shots a game, five. You only got to make maybe two of them, and that's, I'm including mid-range all the way out to the three. Just something to get the defense to pull away from the basket and kind of guard you, that's going to open up so much for Embiid down low, and he's already unstoppable down low when the paint is clogged. So imagine if Simmons is able to pull everyone away. Not everyone, just you know, pull, pull someone above the free throw line so Embiid isn't constantly getting doubled. And then also, Embiid's always been this kind of goofy, laid-back, relaxed guy. And uh, the last image we saw of him is after Kawhi hits that game winner and he's going off the court crying in his girlfriend's arms. And I think that's going to be, you know, that's the moment where it hit him like, this is serious, like this, you know, I want to play basketball. Like, I want to win. I want to be the best. And I think that's going to be the moment that kind of sticks with him and motivates him. And I think, you know, leading the Sixers to the number one seed, I think he's the MVP. Um, I really do. I, I don't know why he's not being talked about more. I see a lot of Harden, a lot of Jokic, a lot of LeBron, a lot of um, Steph Curry. But I, I don't see any, any Embiid really in the discussions. And I, I think he's going to be the MVP. Um, and then for my Western Conference Finals, I think it'll be Lakers and Clippers, um, so the two and the four seed. And I think the Clippers win that in five. Uh, they're just a better team top to bottom. Um, even if both teams are full strength, I think that the Clippers are far too good defensively Um especially compared to the Lakers. The Lakers aren't going to be a good defensive team aside from Anthony Davis and, I mean, JaVale McGee's a rim protector, but that's all he is is a rim protector. And then Rondo's pretty a pretty solid defender. But other than that, they, they're filled with non-defensive guys. I mean, Danny Green is a good, but he's not a lockdown guy. He's just a good defender. Um, yeah, I, I don't see that... 
I don't see the Lakers really challenging the Clippers all that much, um, assuming both teams are at full strength, which, you know, almost never happens. But if both teams are at full strength, Clippers in five. Eastern Conference Finals, I have 76ers versus the Bucks, and I have the Sixers in seven. And I think it's mostly just going to come down to the Sixers are too big, they're too good defensively, and Giannis isn't going to be able to really get to the paint, and they're going to they're gonna do something similar to what the Raptors did to him last year and kind of bottle him up. And there's no Brogdon, which was a 50-40-90 guy in terms of shooting percentages. So, you know, losing that really hurts, and Middleton and Bledsoe just aren't going to be able to step up enough to contribute. Um, they have both Lopez brothers now, which is, is great. Uh, Brooke can stretch, and Robin's more of a defensive guy. But it's just, I just don't see it being enough, and I think the, the I think the Bucks will make it a good series, and it'll go to seven. But I do think the Sixers win it, and then in the finals, I think it'll be Clippers in seven. Um, and I think that honestly, if no one scored a hundred points in that entire seven game series, I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be mad. Uh, it's just I think the two best defensive teams in the league and I mean defense wins championships I just think that you know having the experience of Kawhi having been finals MVP twice already um and just a robot just no emotion at all I think it'll it'll be a really good series um but Kawhi will step up and be the best player in the series and Paul George will Paul George is weird in the playoffs. Like, he, he has I, – I remember when, in his Indiana days, he had a game where he had one point in the first half and 35 in the second. So I think it'll be something like that, just game to game. He'll be – one game he'll be great. The other game he'll be non-existent. But I think they'll have enough to get it done. Uh, I think it'll it'll mostly come back to – in the series, they'll just need to shut down Embiid and Simmons' offensive game isn't developed enough. Richardson and Tobias Harris are good offensive players, but they're not going to take over a series and beat you. And Horford's not going to – I mean, he, he's a good shooter, good veteran guy, but he's not going to he's not gonna take over and beat you. So the Clippers, they'll figure out a way to shut down Embiid and ultimately win the series. So that's my – overall predictions for everything um i hope you guys enjoyed this one uh i'll record my week seven nfl review uh later on tonight maybe i'm not sure exactly when just you know uh sometime around six or seven probably before the games start tonight uh so as always thank you guys so much for listening and peace